Well, glory to God. I want to welcome everyone that's joining us by live stream this morning. We've already had a great time in the Lord. We had actually a cheerleader come in this morning and uh, lead us all in a cheer for the greatest uh, gift that we've ever had. And that's the gift of Jesus Christ and the gift of His grace in our life. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Uh, I want to jump right into the Word this morning. Uh, I really appreciate the body of Christ that I, that I get to preach to or teach to. Because you absorb the Word. The only thing about that is, is we went from like five pages to eight pages to ten pages. And because you listen so well, today we've got 13 pages. So we want to listen real quick. Amen? All right. But I want to jump right into our uh, teaching this morning. Uh, and we're going to start over here in Matthew chapter 16. Uh, and this is a series that we started a few weeks back titled God's Purpose for the Local Church. For all you folks that are writing this down, today's title is The Foundation of That Local Church. Uh, and like I said, we're going to start in Matthew 16. And I know we've looked at these verses several times now, and we're going to continue to look at them. Amen? Amen. Because the words of Jesus are so powerful as they relate to the local church. We need to devour them. We need to know what Jesus has to say about the church. You see, most people don't really fully understand what the purpose of the church is. Uh, and that's not a criticism. It's a simple truth. And if a person don't really understand the church's purpose, then it becomes harder for them to know their part of that purpose. How many of you know that? Amen. How many of you have a purpose in your life? Amen. Glory to God. You have a purpose in God's church. How many of you know that? That's why I keep praying for you. That's why I keep praying Ephesians 1, uh, chapter 1, over your lives that God would give you a revelation in the knowledge of Him and who you are to be in this, in this earth. Amen? Hallelujah. We have a divine revelation that's given to us through the Word of God. See, because when God gives you the insight into His truths, and you get to that place where you know that you know that you know. How many of you have ever been there? Yes, sir. That you begin to live out the revelation that He gives you. And it changes your life. <clears throat> See, the Word of God is supposed to change us. I, I, I can't even think of a, <clears throat> a church that people go to and they never change. Because there's no life there. There's no word there. There's no, no word being preached. There's no revelation knowledge. They're just telling a bunch of stories. They're telling us how, and I've been to one, of these, uh, one or two of these churches. I didn't stay long, but I've been to one of these two of these churches that they just tell you how the saints of old got to where they were. Well, let me tell you something. If I tell you how, the, how Daniel got to be in God's favor, how many of you know if you don't do what I tell you to do or what Daniel did, you're not going to get there? And I don't mind going into the Old Testament. I love them Old Testament stories. But let me tell you something. The New Testament, That's right. after Jesus, is what we need to be thinking about. Yeah. There you go. The letters to the church. The letters to you. The letters to me. That's what should be important in our lives. See, it's not just about gathering information or gaining knowledge. It's about getting divine revelation from God. That's going to change your life forever. Can I get an amen? amen? So that's what I want us to agree on this morning. That we will all get a divine revelation of the purpose of the local church. And listen, we may think we know a lot about the local church, but how many of you in here know that you still got something to learn? That you haven't gotten it all. And I haven't gotten it all. 
Brothers and sisters, we need to always keep a learning attitude as we approach God's holy word. So let's look at this in Matthew chapter 16. And I believe God's going to show us some things and give us a fresh revelation of what he's talking about. Matthew chapter 16, I'll begin with verse 13. It says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. And he said to them, I want you to underline this next sentence in there. Who do you say I am? Who do you say that I am? Amen. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ. The Greek word for Christ is Christos, which means the anointed one. It means that one that's anointed with the power of Almighty God. It means the Son of the living God. Look at verse 17. It says, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed, underline that word, has not revealed this to you. Notice the word revealed. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. How many know God will reveal his word to you and I? But receiving that revealed word has a lot to do with the attitude of our heart. See, a lot of people hear the same word, but it don't affect them the same way. Some people walk out of here and they immediately start doing the word and, and, and following up on the word. And then other people walk out and they don't do nothing with it. How many of you know that? Amen. We're going to talk about those here a little bit later. <clears throat> Hallelujah. In other words, if you look at this word and you just say, well, pastor, I've heard all that before. And how many of you heard Matthew 16 before? You've been here the last three weeks. You've been heard it every week. Amen. How many of you can quote it by heart? (laughs) Amen. How many of you know where it is in your Bible? (laughs) That's a little easier question, right? Now I'm going to give Butter a question. How many of you ain't going to raise your hand no matter what I say? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) But you can look at this today, what we're going to be studying. You say, well, I've heard all that before. Then the attitude of your heart is wrong. And that's going to hinder you from receiving what God is really trying to get over to you. See, you've got to be aware. You've got to be open to what God has to say. And let me add this. You need, really need to be in church every Sunday. Because the Sunday you miss could be the Sunday that God had a word for you. It could be that answer that you needed to solve a problem in your life. Amen. Amen. And it's not the same. And I know we're having to deal with the COVID and all that. But it's not the same watching it online. Now, my mother might argue with you on that. But, but it's because she cannot get out due to her physical condition and go to the local church she wants to but she she just don't get there amen so in that instance you can get something but let me tell you something my mom is a different kind of a saint matter of fact she calls me if it ain't if we don't get it on there the next day because she's wanting that word she's hungry for god's word amen, amen. hallelujah see it's critical that you and I keep an open heart and have a fresh mental attitude when approaching the Word of God. Our prayer, whether we're sitting at home right now reading the Word or we're coming to the church to hear God's Word, our prayer is thank you, Father, for giving me a fresh revelation into who you are and what you have promised and planned for me to do. Amen? Is that your prayer today? And you don't come to, if you don't come to God's house seeking revelation, you'll not get any revelation. You've got to come hungry. Amen. So, 
Jesus said flesh and blood has not revealed this. Uh, so God through his Holy Spirit is what? He's our revealer, right? Amen. And he's going to reveal things from his word that will, if we'll take that word to heart, it will change our lives. Look at verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, now watch this now, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Notice again in verse 18, Jesus said he's going to build his church. That, that, and that's those born-again believers. Everybody raise your hand so y'all know you're awake. That's those born-again believers who are called out and called forth. That's those born-again believers who have chosen to separate themselves from this world. He said, I'm going to build the, this remnant church. We talked about that last week. On the revelation of who I am. Amen. And the purpose I have predestined and predetermined for them. Amen. How many of you remember from last week what that purpose is? How many of you did your homework? Uh-oh. Oh, there's going to be a test here in a little while. Hallelujah. What that purpose is, that, uh, that the church, you, me, those called out and called forth, those endued with the power and authority of Almighty God are to affect what? Their community, their city, its laws, and its atmospheres. My brothers and sisters, we're a part of something that is so much bigger than just us. Amen. We're part of a supernatural entity called the church. a matter of fact, we are the church. Amen? You didn't come to church this morning. You brought the church with you. Hallelujah. And you need to realize that. We sing that song, Greater is He that's living in me. Amen? The power of God is on the inside of you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. Amen. Some of us need to wake a sleeping giant. Amen. We need to be, we need to be woken up to the fact that the greater one lives on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's a good. That is so, so powerful. You know, when Miss Brennan and I first got a hold of this revelation, <clears throat> we quit just looking for a building to go to called a church. Amen. And we started seeking God for that place where He would have us go. That place where we could gather with our brothers and sisters and sit under a shepherd that would not only teach us the Word of God, but would nurture that word as well. Notice again in verse 18, Jesus said, And I also say to you that uh, you are, or I will build my church on the rock. See, what happened to Miss Brenda and I uh, in, in the early years is we just got tired of just eating a happy meal. Where you go to a church and they just make you happy of who you are. I got tired of Happy Meals. Really, Happy Meals don't taste that good. Sometimes you got to have a full meal deal. You got to go over to Granny D's and have chicken fried steak, taters. Amen. Sometimes we need more than just milk. And we need more than just a Happy Meal. We need to be convicted. We need to be, uh, God needs to challenge us to change. And that's where me and Miss Brenda was. We wanted to change. I didn't like who I was. Even when I first started going to church. Because I hadn't crucified my flesh yet. Kind of like, I, I was kind of like Jake. That's, I re, that's why I related to him. I mean, when he said, you know something, Pastor, when I first came here, I really didn't like your preaching. 
<laughs> I said, well, I should have said, well, brother, when I first came here, I didn't like my preaching either. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because the word convicts us. The word challenges us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo, that went over like a lead balloon. Notice again in verse 18, Jesus said, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. <clears throat> now we know from uh, our past studies that the rock is what? It's the revealed word of God. Amen? <clears throat> so you and I will be built on the revelation of what God's word tells us to do. Amen? What I want to talk to you about for the next few minutes is the word on. Uh, I think the original King James Version says upon this rock. Or the New King James says on this rock. Those two words have the same meaning. And that meaning is they are the foundation. So the foundation of the church is the Word of God. The foundation of yours and my life is the Word of God. Can I get an amen? amen. So Jesus said upon Upon or on the foundation of God's word, not on religion, not on the doctrine of man, but on my father's word, I'm going to build my church. So Jesus is building me. He's building you. He's building our marriages. He's building our homes. He's building our families. He's, he's building and helping us raise our kids and how we live our lives on his holy word. See, that's the only foundation he knows how to use. Jesus ain't going to build you on smoking mirrors or smoking loud music. Amen. Those, places, those things have a place in our lives. Amen. We went to a fantastic concert here a while back. And the venue there, it was just amazing. The atmosphere was amazing. But it has its place. Amen. And, and, and entertainment isn't made for the church. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not called to entertain you. I'm called to teach you the Word of God. Amen. And I take that very, very seriously, praise God. Amen. See, Jesus is going to use the only foundation that's going to stand forever. Amen. What is that? It's the Word of God, praise God. Hallelujah. That's why the greatest place on earth is the local church. Because that's the place where you and I can come and have our lives transformed by God's Word. That's why He established the church. If you read in the book of Acts, that's the first church that was established. Isn't it amazing too that in the first church we were all called Christians? Nobody was called a Baptist. Nobody was called a Catholic, a Methodist, a Lutheran. We were all called Christians. What happened to the church? Hallelujah. God, that's why God established the church to transform our lives. <clears throat> and that's why HCC is here. That's why you and I are here. We are to be that church. Amen. We're to be that church that teaches God's word and helps other people transform their lives as well. So Jesus said, you and I would be built on the Word of God. The word on and upon, as we said before, means foundation. It also means this, that you and I will be built in the likeness of God's Word. In the likeness of. He, he said also that word means we will be built in union with God's Word. So Jesus' church, you, are to be built in union with God. Amen? You're supposed to be in union with God. What does that mean? Glad you asked. That means you think like God thinks. You believe like God believes. You live like God says to live. And you're in union with Him. Amen. It also means going the same way as God. In other words, the one word I want to give you is discipleship. Yeah. 
You're a disciple of Christ. We're called to make disciples, not just converts. Amen? Amen. That means you win them out there in the world, and then you bring them in here to be discipled. Amen? Hallelujah. So Jesus said, I am going to build my church, every born again child of God, on my word. And they will become my disciples. They'll stay in union with me. They'll go the same way as me. And they will walk in my likeness. That's what Jesus envisioned, my brothers and sisters, for his church. That when he looks at the church, he sees an assembly of believers, not yet perfect, right? Not perfect, but willing to make adjustments. None of us are perfect. But the real church is, is willing to make adjustments. Amen. He sees a people taking the Word of God and using it to transform, to mold their new life. If a man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. The word Christian... Or when someone says, I'm a Christian, what does that mean? It means to be Christ-like. It also means to be a follower of Christ, does it not? Amen. Not a follower of religion. Not a follower of the doctrine of men, but a follower of Christ. For example, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. That would be like him saying, okay, I'm going to build Miss Brenda. Or I'm going to build Brother Jason. Amen? And I think I'll use Brother Jason as my example. As a safe, that's a pretty safe bet. Because he's told me before, I can't, you can't offend me, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus says, I'm going to build Brother Jason, or Jason, on the Word of God. Therefore, I've got to get Jason to a place that teaches the Word of God so he can... Hear the, God, the Word of God. And then I'm going to pray that he don't get offended and he stays where I put him. Amen. See, a lot of Christians, man, they come in, they go in all in. But then uh, I'll use Jake again because he just has to be over there looking at me. But then I'll turn on your street and I start preaching in front of your house. Well, I don't know about that. I don't like him preaching on my street all the time. Look, honey, we got to either move or he's got to change the address. <laughs> he got to move to somebody else's street. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. But I'm going to pray that Jason stays where I put him. So I've got Jason in a place where he can hear my word and, and when, not if, when he takes my word and applies it to his life then his life is going to be in union with me and his life will look like my word. Amen. Amen. Isn't that good? Yes. And Jason, because you've done your part. Yes. Say, I've done, my part. I've done my part. And because you've done your part and you've allowed me to build your life on my word. Now watch this. Then I promise you, Jason, that the gates of hell cannot and will not Prevail against you or your family. Hallelujah. And that promises to each and every one of us. Not just to Jason, to all of us. Hallelujah. Get a hold of that. Hallelujah. Jesus says, if I can get you. Turn your name and say he's talking to you now. Jesus said, if I can get you to a place where you hear the word of God, where you receive God's word. Uh, as him talking to you. Remember we said last week we need to be personal with God. That every word in that Bible is, is speaking directly to us. And then you take the word and act on it. Then my word will begin to mold you and make you into what I originally intended for you to be. And then when you go out into this world, you'll look just like me. And when people look at you, They'll see me. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what the church is supposed to be. Amen. That's what the church is all about. Being like Jesus. 
Now, notice again in verse 18, I know I keep going back to this. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, or hell, which is the powers of darkness, shall not prevail against it. Why? Look at verse 19. Y'all are listening real quick. We might get out of here at record time. Praise God. You won't even have to use your carryover miles for the last few weeks. Hallelujah. Verse 19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Brothers and sisters, this scripture tells us that we have, not going to get, but we already have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And everything that God is, And everything that God possesses is available to each and every one of us. How many of you know that? Amen. We already know that He supplies all the things we need, right? Matthew 6.33 tells us that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then what? All these things will be added to you. So we know He's already given us all the things that we need. We don't need to be praying for things. Amen? Hallelujah. The keys Jesus is referring to here are the keys that the church, you and I, are to use every day. And we're to use them every day to prevail over all of our enemies. Over the powers of darkness. Remember, the gates of hell is not going to prevail against you, right? Amen. Not as long as you use these keys. So don't take the keys home and throw them in the drawer. Amen? That was a little bit weak. Don't take the keys home and throw them in the drawer. Or put them on the coffee table. Leave them out there where you can keep studying it. Amen? Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. I don't know, I'm preaching on somebody's street. Praise God. How does he got a camera in my house? How does he know I'm putting my Bible in the drawer? Hallelujah. <laughs> we got to use the keys every day. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. God's Word says, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So how do we bind and loose? Come on, church. By speaking God's Word. Not the Word, but speaking God's Word. You can't bind anything just to have a knowledge. Knowledge will not bind the devil. You can have all the Scriptures in your head. You can be able to quote the Scriptures. But unless you learn how to use those Scriptures with authority, amen, then they're not going to do you any good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bind and loose by speaking God's Word, yes. But we have to speak those words, now listen to me, in faith. You have to have faith. Because having faith is in God's Word is our key to being victorious in this life. Amen? Think about it. Wasn't faith the key to everything Jesus did? Wasn't faith present? When miracles took place? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you do your homework, you'll find that every miracle that you find recorded in the New Testament, faith was present. Either the faith of the individual or someone present had faith to believe God's Word. He said, I'm going to give you the keys and the main key is faith. Amen. Amen. And I'll tell you this, whenever you learn, my brothers and sisters, to bind and loose, and you learn to walk in faith and add faith to your words, not just speak them out, but put, speak them out enough to where you start believing them. See, God don't need to believe His Word. He already believes it. Amen. You need to believe it. Hallelujah. But when you learn to bind and loose, and you learn to walk in faith. How many of you know that you're going to obtain God's power in your life? The enemy comes against you. He comes against your spouse or maybe your children. 
You say, no, you don't, devil. Or you can even get excited about it. No, you don't, devil. I come against you in the name of Jesus. And I bind you and all your activities against my family. Amen. And I command you to get out of my life. You don't ask the devil to do anything you command. Did Jesus ever ask a demon to leave somebody? He commanded them to depart. Amen. How many of you remember the story of the, the, the guy that had the legion of demons in him? Amen. He ran up to Jesus and said, uh, Jesus, what do I have to do with you? He said, what's your name? He said, Legion. That means a lot. Amen? And he commanded, he said, well, don't torment us, don't kill us, but let us go into those pigs over there. So Jesus said, I command you to leave this man and go into the pigs. And they went. Amen? You don't ask the devil to do anything. You don't pray that he'll do anything. You command him. Amen? You take authority over him. Amen? And it don't matter what the devil comes at you with. If he comes at your children, I command you to cease, and, uh, uh, cease your activities against my kids. They belong to God. And you'll not have them. I command you to cease your activities against my spouse. You'll not have them either. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever the attack may be, you take authority over the powers of darkness and you bind the devil in Jesus' name. Can I get you to say amen? amen. Brothers and sisters, this is called walking, not, not dabbling in, not in there for every once in a while. This is called walking in the power of God's Word. Amen. There's power in the name of Jesus. Praise God. And it's what you and I must do if we want to be victorious over our enemy called the devil. Amen. Amen. And you got to do it. You can't just think it. We talked about that. You can't just think it done. You can't leave here and say, well, yeah, Pastor, I know what you're saying is true. And then walk out of here and get under attack and you just sit there like a dumb, not calling anybody dumb. The Bible says my, uh, you're, they're like sheep that go to slaughter. They just keep their mouth shut and just, just keep moving forward. Well, I guess that's what God's will for my life is. No. God's will for your life is for you to be victorious in every area of your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, Man, look at him. Praise the Lord. Let's go over to Mark. How many of you remember I gave you Mark chapter 4 to read as your homework? I do. Keep your hands up. I want to look around and see. Amen. Now, how many of you read it? Amen. Hallelujah. I saw your hand over there, Miss Carrie. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to say something, and I'm not, being, I'm not trying to be ugly. But a couple weeks ago, maybe in last week, I told you that I read a study where only 9% of American adults ever read their Bible every day. That's alarming. Part of that same study says, and the ones that do only read for about 16 minutes on average. Listen, I love each and every one of you. But you can't survive on 16 minutes a day. Amen. We're in perilous times right now. And you think the devil's just going to sit back and just because you ain't doing nothing, he ain't doing nothing. No, he's trying to attack your family. He's trying to put a spirit of division in your family. He's trying to separate you and your wife, you and your kids. He's not taking a siesta. We got to get serious about God's word. 
I told you last week, the, the, the first church, the early church, they were hungry for God's Word. Hallelujah. They couldn't wait to get to the house of God. And I, I know I haven't, I'm not going to ask nobody to do it. They sold everything they had and shared it with their brothers and sisters. That's serious business. You know how, why they could do that? Because they trusted God to supply all their needs. Amen. And again, I'm not asking you to do that. But I am telling you, in these last days, you need to get more serious about uh, being hungry for God's Word. Hallelujah. And I'll use Miss Susan. Bless God, I don't remember when it was. I think it was when Ronnie and I were uh, on Thursday night. We were going to go out and have uh, dinner because the lady was having... And I seen Miss Susan out in her truck right out there. And I mentioned this to Ronnie. And I look out there and she's like this. And she got her phone up there. So I know she's praying for somebody. Amen. <laughs> you know why people call her? Because they see Jesus in her. Hallelujah. Well, blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hungry for God's Word. Not just settling for that happy meal. <clears throat> you know, Jesus served up a happy meal. <clears throat> How many of you know that? Well, a fish dinner. Amen. And it said the grounds were full. It said the number of just the men was 5,000. That not counting all the women and children. And he fed them all a fish dinner. And then it says when he quit preaching, everybody got up and went home. Except for a few. That's the remnant church I'm talking about. Yeah, amen. That's the ones that hung around and said, Jesus, give me more. I want to know more about you. Right. Amen. Hungry for the Word of God. Amen. Hungry for every word that just came out of the mouth of Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying I'm Jesus Christ, but I preach right out of His Bible. You ought to be up on the edge of your seats all the time saying, man, give me more, Pastor. I was. Let me tell you something. I went to a dead church that didn't preach nothing but the milk of the Word. And you know what it got me? Backslidden. Right back into the mud and the mire that, I, that Jesus took me out of. Defeated. Never a victory. And I'm not criticizing the man of God, but he always says, Brother John, God, it, it's always going to be a, victory, uh, a, a fight. You'll always be battling the devil. No, I'm not. The devil's under my feet. And I don't have to go hand-to-hand combat with him unless I let him out from under my foot. Are you hearing me? The devil is under our feet. <clears throat> Praise God. Somebody out there type amen. Praise, preach it, Pastor. Hallelujah. The devil is defeated. My Savior defeated Him. Yes, he and all I have to do is walk in my Savior's Word. Right, right. Amen. Amen. To claim my victory. Amen. I don't have to battle the devil. He's already defeated. Praise God. Right, yes. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Where are we at? Mark 4. <laughs> God's going to show us some stuff that's going to help us. If we'll do it. Amen? If we'll identify ourselves. How many of you remember uh, that I told you to identify yourself? Don't remember that? We're going to read here in a minute. There's four types of soil in the parable of the sower. I said dirt last week. I'm, getting, I'm, I'm cleaning it up a little bit and calling you soil. And I told you, the last thing I told you was you need to identify what kind of soil you are. So that's what I'm going to get you to do this morning. You need to identify from what I'm about to teach you just what kind of soil you are. Amen? Mark chapter 4. Hallelujah. 
And again, verse 1, and again he began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things uh, by parables, and said to them in his teaching. Now, it's important to understand right there that the, I think the, the King James Version says doctrine. Anybody got a, anybody got a King James Version? It says doctrine. Remember we talked here a while back about doctrine is your belief system. So what he's doing is he's fixing to teach them out of his, Jesus is talking here, out of his belief system. Amen. You got that? And he says this, he says, listen, behold. That's two of them words that we ought to pay attention to. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. And some fell on stony ground where it, had not, uh, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up. And because it had no depth of earth, uh, uh, that, but when the sun uh, was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root uh, in it, it withered away. Some fell on among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, watch this, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, that's where I want to get to. He said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear this morning, let him hear. Now, he's not talking about those two things on both sides, one on each side of your head. How many of you know that? He's talking about the ears of your heart. Ephesians 1, uh, 1, that prayer in Ephesians 1 says that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Amen? <clears throat> That's our heart. We've got to listen with the heart, not with these ears. You listen with these ears, you're going to forget it. You've got to get the word down on the inside of your heart. Amen. Amen. One Greek expositor says it this way. He says... These hearers are those who diligently attend to the words of Christ, that they may ponder them and obey them. How many of you in here say that's you? Let me read it again so you'll be clear about it. Amen. Hallelujah. It says, these hearers are those who diligently attended the words of Christ, that they may ponder them and obey them. Many others heard him, but only out of curiosity, that they may learn something new. They all they wanted was get the knowledge. They didn't want to do the knowledge. They weren't committed to the words of Christ. They just wanted to hear the new teacher, new guy on the block. In other words, they didn't hear him because they wanted to take his words uh, to heart and practice them. They just came out of curiosity wanting to hear the message. But really, with a take it or leave it attitude. Many in today's churches hear God's word with that same type of attitude. They take it or leave it. Well, I just don't believe that that way. I know that's what the word says, but, uh, you know, it's all how you interpret it. No. We all need to read the word as black and white. There is no gray in God. Amen. You're either for him or you're against him. Remember, who owns the fence? (laughs) Satan does. People say, well, I just want to ride the fence. Ouch. (laughs) Satan owns a fence. Hallelujah. Am I helping anybody today? I sure hope so. I'm preaching me happy. Praise God. It says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now look at verse 14. And Jesus, uh, in these next few, he's going to explain the parable. 
Amen? So you'll fully understand what he's talking about. There won't be no question in your mind when you leave here what Jesus is talking about. Amen? Amen. Verse 14. The sower sows the word. Everybody look up here. That's me. I'm sowing the word this morning. Amen. Amen. The sower sows the word. It's the seed of the word of God. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, this isn't talking about you hearing the word and all of a sudden Satan just comes and grabs it from you. Amen? Amen. What this is talking about is a person or someone who is listening to the word of God but they're not really hearing it. Are you, ta- are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. But they're not really hearing it because they're not really here. How I many you know you don't have to be gone from this place to be absent from this place? Amen. I mean, you're looking at me, but you're really not here. Or you're listening to me, but you're really not hearing the message. Why? Because your mind is on other things. It's called distractions. I'm teaching a message that could transform your life. And you're thinking about your job. You're thinking about your unpaid bills. Maybe thinking about your grocery list or where you're going to eat lunch after church. There could be a, number, a lot of things that may be distracting you. That's what he's talking about here. It's distractions. It's, it's not coming in this building so on fire for God's Word and oh so hungry for God's Word that anything that happens in the church it just distracts you. Amen. Whatever you're thinking about, let me enlighten you. That's the enemy distracting you. So you cannot hear God's word. Amen. That's why I tell you, leave all your problems out there. Because if you bring your problems in here, that's all you're going to be thinking about. Amen. Listen, I've been there. I'm not just preaching off a piece of paper. I'm preaching you out of experience. Amen. And I can tell you this, the days I was distracted... It might be something she'd done. It might be some guy on the freeway cutting me off. The days I was distracted, you know something? I didn't even hear 2%. Because my mind was elsewhere. We need to focus. Remember I first told you, we need to have a, a strong mental attitude when we approach God's Word. We need to walk through them doors expecting to hear God speak to you and God speak to me. Amen? Hallelujah. See, with all those distractions, but you know what we don't do? We don't identify those as a distraction. We're just thinking about something else right now. But see, when you're thinking about something else, the Word could go right by you. The Word that you needed to set you free. And you missed it. Well, praise God, you go to this church and you'll hear the same message next week. (laughs) But don't rely on that. Amen? Hallelujah. That's the first type of soul. They go away and immediately forget what they hear. That was the enemy that took it from you. Because you weren't here. You were somewhere else. Cricket. Well, praise God. Look at verse 16. Hallelujah. I'm just letting these soils kind of sink in. So you can say, well, that's me. Let me tell you, when I first started going to church, I was all 4 old. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Then I turned into just number four. Amen. Hallelujah. 
All right, verse 16 says, These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they heard the word, they immediately received it with gladness. So they hear the word and they receive the word and they may even shout hallelujah, glory to God and amen. Amen. And that's the natural response, right? That's why we have the amen section. Hallelujah. So you can shout amen. And that's the correct response. But now watch this. But it says, and they have no root in themselves. In other words, they're not consistently reading and doing the word. They're just hearing it. They're just listening to a great message. They're walking out of here saying, man, that was such a good message. They get through eating lunch. Wife says, well, baby, what did he preach about? I don't know. Uh, no. I don't know. Hallelujah. It, amen. Praise God. We're having a good time, right? Amen. They don't consistently uh, read and hear and study the Word. They don't consistently do the Word. And let me tell you something. It's the doing of the Word that produces roots in you. You'll have no roots if you don't ever do anything. Right. You've got to cultivate the Word. You've got to keep the weeds out. Right. Amen. You've got to water it with the Word. You've got to study the Word at home. Amen. Amen. You can't just put seed in the ground and, and expect it to grow. You've got to do something with it. Right. Amen. Amen. It's got to have some root. Right. Hallelujah. The doing produces the roots. And it says, and they have no root in themselves, so they endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, what's it going to arise for? For the Word's sake. What's the enemy after? The Word. He's after the Word that was sown in your heart. Amen. He wants to steal that Word. It says afterward when tribulation or persecution rises for the word's sake, immediately they what? They stumble. The King James Version says immediately they're offended. They're offended by the word. In the word of the words, they heard the word of God. They received the word of God. But because they didn't consistently do the word, the word did not work for them. And they eventually stumbled and fell. But notice what the enemy was after all along. The Word. The devil don't want you. He wants the Word. He wants to rob the Word from you. Because he knows if he robs the Word from you, he's got you. Amen. The enemy wants the Word. You go to a place that teaches the Word. The enemy's going to bring trials. He's going to bring tribulations. He's going to bring persecutions. Why? To keep you from getting a hold of God's Word. Is the Word of God that powerful? Absolutely. That's why He's after it. See, He doesn't care if you go to a place where you don't hear the Word. Where you just sit there and enjoy the service. And after the service, you just... Check the box and say, well, that's what we do on Sundays. I fulfilled my duty. You go to a place like that, he really ain't going to bother you. But when you come to a place like this, like Hill Country Cowboy Church or other churches, we're not the only church that preaches the word. But when you come to a place where you're going to hear God's word, and then you, uh, what happens is you become a threat to Satan. You become a threat to him. Why? Because Jesus said, the gates of hell and all the powers of darkness will not prevail against you. Amen. Didn't we just look at that? Yes. Amen. All right, I'm trying to hurry. Praise God. Let's look at verse 18. Now these are those, are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world. 
That's the distractions that pull us away from God's Word. That's the distractions I talked to you about earlier. It could be anything. Job, you know, bills, it could be anything. But those are the distractions that pull us away. Now look at this. And the deceitfulness of riches. Now I wondered, and I, I, I just kind of asked God about the deceitfulness of riches. How many of you know that, when, that riches can be deceiving? Amen. They can deceive you in thinking you're blessed because you got a lot of money in the bank. <clears throat> Amen. And that's what happens to a lot of Christians. They start getting blessed. They start money, get money in the bank. And they say, man, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm blessed and highly favored. Then they quit going to church and they still got a lot of money in the bank. They're still making a lot of money, 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 money. They can't be at church because <clears throat> they got to be making money. They need more money. They need more things. And then more money and more things. Hallelujah. And I realize people have jobs and employers that require them to miss church on occasion. I'm not being critical of that. Amen. But I never have been able to understand why people who own their own business can't come to church. I mean, who sets their hours of operation? Amen. I owned my own business for 35 years. Let me tell you something. I set my hours of operation. And I was at every football game my son played. I was at uh, the football. The, the, my daughter played volleyball and basketball. She was at the football game because she's cheerleader. I set my hours of operation. I left when I wanted to because I'm my own boss. Amen. But what I also did because I was on my own boss, I didn't miss church. Because I set my hours. I just left. Who's going to fire me? Amen. Hallelujah. I hungered for what God had for me. I couldn't live without it. I had to more have more of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm-mm-mm. Listen. This does not mean people who miss church are bad people. Amen? So I don't want you to misunderstand me. <clears throat> but they're distracted by the cares of the world. And watch this, by the desire for other things. They want other things more than they want God's Word. And it says, when they desire for other things entering in, it chokes the Word and it becomes unfruitful. What's becoming unfruitful? Not only the Word of God, but the person. The person becomes unfruitful in their lives. And if you go back and read John chapter 15, verse 1 through 8, you'll find that God expects you and I, my brothers and sisters, to bear fruit. And verse 8 says this, it says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear what? Much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Which brings me to the last type of soul. Praise God. And this soul is talking about you and me. Amen? Amen. Mark chapter 4 verse 20 says this, But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, Amen. they accept it, and they bear fruit. Amen. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Amen. Now, I know at times we use that 30, 60, and 100-fold return in our offering prayer. But in this, in this text, in this context, it also means we determine the amount of God's word that's working in our lives. Amen. I determine how much of God's Word works. Amen. And so do you. If you, God's Word ain't working in your life, then go look in the mirror and say, hey dude, you need to get off your butt and start doing God's Word. Amen. Amen. You determine how much Word works in your life. Hallelujah. 
And I don't know about you, but I like the 100%. I'm not there yet. I'm still a work in progress, but I like the 100% word working in my life. I don't want the crumbs that falls from the master's table. I'm eating steak and taters, guys. Might have a piece of chocolate cake as dessert. Hallelujah. I know, I just heard somebody say it looks like it. Hallelujah. I'll close with a summary of what we've just heard. Praise God. First and foremost, you, turn to your name and say he's talking to you, wake up. First and foremost, you determine what type of soil you are. You can sit here every Sunday and let the word go in one ear and out the other. And it will make no difference in your life. It will have no impact in your life. You can get offended by the word because it confronts your lifestyle and walk away from where God has put you. How many of you know God set you in this church for a reason? Amen. We went over that in Corinthians. That God puts the members in the body as it pleases Him. And when you get offended at the Word for the Word's sake, you can get up and walk right out away from your help. Amen. Because the Word is your ever-present help. Amen. Hallelujah. God sets people in the body of Christ as it pleases Him. But you and I have to choose to stay here. I used Jason a while ago. He's got to choose to come in here every Sunday. Amen. Sit right on the front row. Get the anointing of the slobber of God. Hallelujah. You can sit here and let the cares of this world, the worries, the fears, the frustrations of life overwhelm you. Or you can be that good soul that receives the Word of God with gladness. Amen. Like the early church of Acts 2.41 that we talked about. And if you do that, if you're that church, if you're that remnant church, if you're that church that you've let your uh, church be built, let you set yourself be built on the Word of God, then God's Word will produce and bless your life. Amen. The impact of the Word of God on and in your life is determined by how you respond to it. Jesus said in Luke uh, chapter 11, verse 28, uh, He says, Blessed are those who hear the Word of God and keep it. Not just those who hear the Word of God, but those who hear and keep it. That means we have to be a doer of the Word. You and I, my brothers and sisters, are keepers of God's Word. Amen? Amen. Well, let's stand together. Praise God. Anybody by live stream? To give their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a simple thing to do. All you, the Bible says you got to believe uh, on the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart and confess Him with your mouth. Amen. So I'm going to make this short and sweet. If you're in this place this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this place this morning and you want to uh, give your heart to the Lord or rededicate your life to the Lord, I want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. Those watching my live stream, you do the same thing. You're sitting in your living room and the Lord has talked to you this morning. I want you to raise your hand in your living room and say, that's me, Lord. I want to give my life to you. If you're in this place or watching my live stream this morning and you want to uh, just get rid of the sin in your life, you want to just once and for all just confess that one sin that may be holding on to you and you just want to say, Lord, I'm tired of doing this. I'm going to change. And I'll never do it again. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord's seen all those hands. So with every head raised and every eye open, let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth and died for the sins of man, which includes me. I believe He rose again and right now He's in heaven watching what I'm doing. 
Seeing if I'm going to be like Him. Jesus Christ, continue Your work in my life. I dedicate myself to You. I dedicate myself to Your Word. You show me what You want me to do. And I'll immediately do it. In your precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. When I say awesome. (laughs) Hallelujah. Last thing we want to do is we want to let you know that God is a miracle working God. And He's always willing to do one more miracle. And that miracle is in you. All you got to do is ask Him. You're next in line for a miracle. You're dismissed in the name of Jesus.